0: This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. Future Talk. Future
1: Talk with Omnia Saleh and Hani Balkas on
2: Pulse95. Future Talk. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Pulse95. It is me, Hani Balqis, with Omnia Saleh, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world and in outer space but today we have a lot to talk about and a lot of exciting topics to discuss we're talking about how uae residents are warned against spreading rumors through any social media platforms
1: yes indeed we all know how easy it is for us to just forward anything we get on whatsapp facebook instagram whatever just like
2: the rumors now omnia
1: about FaceTime? About
2: FaceTime. About
1: FaceTime. Like, I'm honestly shocked because I came into the studio and I found out from Hani that FaceTime, mm. once upon a time a few hours ago, was it, actually it, available in the UAE. It,
2: it's it's now you can now download it on your phone mm. and it will be the app will be on your phone, but so far there's only a couple of calls that go through. But who knows?
1: You know what? Let's try it out in the break. I think you do have FaceTime, though, because your phone... I've,
2: I've had FaceTime. Yeah,
1: because your phone is not... You didn't buy it from here, I'm guessing. Yes. Um, but around the world, Google Meet is also making big, new, big moves when it comes to uh, calling and video chat platforms because they're adding new Zoom, bomb, Zoom bombing protections for online classes. Now, we all know that Zoom and, and Google Meets and Microsoft Teams, they have been the lifeline for mm-hmm. students and teachers to make sure that education is still carrying out Uh, Like it typically would in a normal classroom Mm -hmm. But can these features actually provide an extra layer of safety for all those teachers and students? We're going to be telling you all about it in just a few moments
2: Speaking about layers, Omnia Soon we will (laughs) go through the ozones into the atmosphere and go all the way to space Because the UAE Hope Probe mission is set to launch tonight
1: it is not set to launch tonight. Not tonight? It got delayed again, again? because of the weather conditions. But it what? is going to be launching next My week. My heart is broken. It is, is it broken?
2: I, I thought I, before... You I, thought
1: we were celebrating on Future Talk. We yeah. are. It's soon enough. It's going to be... So it was first postponed to Friday.
2: I read it I read yeah. it before I slept.
1: No, it was actually postponed a few days ago to Friday. To and Friday. And then... There were the weather conditions oh, are still unstable in Japan, so it's actually scheduled for any day between the 20th, 20th of July and the 22nd. Alright,
2: my, my excitement has now died down.
1: Just a few days. We have more time to Can't be wait. excited. Um, but this is exactly why we're going to be speaking to the advisor to the Director General on strategic projects at the UAE Space Agency, Mr. Talal Al-Qaisi, who's going to be telling us all about the preparations for the launch of the Hope Probe Mars mission, the reasons for the lift off delay, and how long This mission is going to be such an exciting episode, and we want to take your questions. So, if you have any questions about the UAE Hope Probe Mars mission, make sure you send them in at four two one five do or it is a lot or sign into RDMs at Pulse ninety five Radio.
2: I'm upset, Omnia.
1: You're still upset. I'm
2: I'm in shock. I just uh, wrote wrote on Google when it's 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 been delayed to the twentieth and twenty second. Yeah, and I'm surprised I didn't read the news. (laughs) I, I'm in shock because the last thing I knew sad Yeah, because what I thought was I thought it was tonight And I was yeah, excited And I, I, know. I, was, I was telling my friends And they were like, oh, you sure, honey? I'm like, yeah, man, what are you, what are you talking about? No, no, one gave, no one told me.
1: No one gave you a heads up? No one it's gave you a bad. heads up. It's my bad. Next time, I'll make sure to inform you about the yeah. Hope Probe Mars mission. Um, but it is definitely an exciting episode that we want you to join us with as well. So if you want to see the behind the scenes that are happening in the Pulse95 studio, go ahead and head on to our YouTube channel at Pulse95 Radio and get to see Hani's disappointment with the news. Um,
2: uh, the UAE Space Agency actually just announced it on the 16th. Yes Yeah At 11am They
1: announced the official date So it was cancelled But then no date was given Since this is the second time It gets cancelled Shame on me Oh no Don't worry So if you want to find out About all these news and more Make sure you stay tuned Right here on Future Talk Only on Pulse95 You're You're listening listening to Pulse95
2: Pulse95 Daily digital news Bits and bytes connect our world
1: your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world in the uae and around the world now one big trend happening especially with mothers (laughs) uh, in the uae and in different parts around the world is how any news that they see on social media becomes completely true, completely valid. It becomes factual. They go ahead and they forward it to everyone they know, and it's becoming what we call uh, Facebook news, because it's not always trustworthy. But now UAE residents are being warned against spreading rumors with a hefty fine if we go ahead and do so. The fine can actually be uh, being jailed for up to one year, and the reason behind that is because misinformation and fake news can cause a lot more damage than Mm -hmm. we
2: think. Yes, indeed, Now, people who forward false information and rumors on WhatsApp or any mm. other social media platform can face imprisonment for at least a year. Now, uh, this is very important, Omnia, because right now, before these laws have been implemented, they mm. have been talking and and, and and the UAE yeah. media has been telling you guys that, listen, don't spread information and you might get fined and you might get uh, imprisoned and there will be consequences. Absolutely. But now, because of the pandemic exactly. we're in, it's become more important to tell everyone, that, listen, if there is no official source, if the, you don't have any facts, you need to fact check every type of information that's being forward t- forwarded to you on WhatsApp. Because, for example, Omni, let's say that someone uh, s- writes a very nice uh, message and it looks nice and it looks very professional, uh, professional and someone says, Hey, guess what? N95 masks don't protect you anymore. Go back to surgical masks right and and oh everyone's like oh my god this looks so 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 professional and they start sending it out to each other then all of a sudden we have people not wearing n95 masks because they think that this was a actual post by someone who knows what they're talking about now omnia there was actually a a, a kind of a, not a social experiment mm-hmm. that happened in the us they got a picture mm. right a, they took a very professional picture omnia they made it look like a media office did it and they just put out a lot of gibberish, right? They're, t- they're saying something about how the world is going to to turn green or something something like that right mm-hmm. and they made it very it looks super professional mm-hmm. and they put it on Facebook omnium and under four hours it got 120 thousand shares
1: oh wow and
2: under four hours and that just it was a social media social experiment and it just went to show that people they don't fact-check if they see something that looks professional they will repost it and share it and tell everyone about it
1: absolutely but we are currently living in an age where you can't always trust what you see and especially as you mentioned during the pandemic pandemic, pandemic, a lot of messages were actually being circulated between uh, public or amongst the public on social media platforms about false information. We had people uh, mention that there's going to be a full lockdown on the entire UAE Mm -hmm. at some point uh, and that was not coming from a legitimate source. And this is exactly why uh, we constantly have to make sure that whatever news we're getting, it is coming from an official source.
2: And you don't know how strong, no one knows how strong the power social media contains. Oh, it is
1: very strong.
2: Now, Omnia, if I Tell you right mm. that unofficially, obviously, this didn't happen. That the whole UAE is going on lockdown in t- tomorrow or in two days, right? You're going to tell one person, another person's gonna say, and everyone's gonna panic. Everyone's exactly. gonna go out, and then they're gonna go to the jama'iyah or the supermarket or the or the or whatever, and start buying things in bulk. Absolutely, and thus not leaving things for people who actually do need it, just as like you. So this goes to show that if you don't know what source of information your source of information is coming from Don't spread it. Absolutely, and and And
1: we're lucky right here in the UAE because we are blessed with such we have so many media outlets, exactly, and official news outlets Mm -hmm. that we can go ahead and get our trusted information Mm -hmm. from, and we are free to share trusted information with our
2: loved ones. For 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 example, Sharjah police, when the lockdown went, Mm -hmm. they didn't put it on, so they didn't they didn't they put it on social media, but to make it more official, they sent you an SOS message. Yes, they sent you that alert. To let you know, the Amber Alert, to let you know that, listen, this is official, you cannot go out after 10 p.m. Absolutely. So you always need to know where you're getting your information and how factual Mm. that information is. Even Omnia, even some news websites, they do spread Fake information mm-hmm. because the, the the journalists themselves they don't fact check it. True, so, and this
1: is why you have to also measure where yeah. you're getting your news so, from. Yeah.
2: So so uh, just as us, because because thankfully, just like you said, we have so many media outlets in the UAE that are mm-hmm. government uh, that uh, our governments and we should get only our information. Omni and I have talked about this time and time again on on the, the show. Our information should be from government Instagrams Twitter accounts government websites only take information that the government has given to us
1: absolutely and we are responsible for the messages that we go ahead and forward to others you know Uh, you can't take cover and say that you didn't intend to circulate false information because you're responsible on what text messages you are sending out there so make sure that whenever you're forwarding uh, news to your loved ones to your family members that you are ensuring that this news is coming from a trusted source but let's talk a little bit about video chat platforms, um, we are. It's so the talk,
2: talk of the day, actually, right now. It has Ever, been talk a, of the day. Everyone is talking about how it's a rumor, yeah. right? But a, a, a couple of but the rumor is true to an extent.
1: That FaceTime is available Face in the UAE.
2: FaceTime is available in the UAE if you update to 3, 13.6. But mm-hmm. the the it's there. The app is there, but you cannot actually make use it calls. yet. You can't make any calls. But true. What is Google doing, Omnia?
1: Google is actually trying to kind of take a step up uh, when it comes to competing with Zoom and Microsoft Teams because they're actually turning on new security features in their Google Meet video chat service. So, for all of its education subscribers, they're going to ensure their safety because as we all know, Zoom bombing attacks have been on the rise ever since uh, students started learning from home and learning from a distance. But now an anonymous user is anyone not signed into a Google account and they will not be allowed into any phone call. So, this is going to be taking effect over the next 15 days so any anonymous user will not be able to join any meetings that are organized by an education account so this doesn't go for all accounts but rather only accounts that have been uh, under the education umbrella
2: You, you know what i find super funny omnia what is that Google Meet, Google is doing this. Google does not yeah. own Zoom. But they're using the terminology Zoom bombing, Warming, yeah. which just to sh- goes to, to show... throw shade not, at, at n- Zoom Not too. only throw shade on you it just yeah. shows you the power Zoom has uh, uh, obtained in the past True. couple of months and how they are now have their own brand and own terminology slogan. Terminology as they're well. On, their, own, their, own, their own terminology. So now this just goes to show, I believe, I personally <laughs> believe, that no one right now Yeah, can compete with Zoom. I believe not Google, not Microsoft, no one can can compete with Zoom Mm. because Zoom bombing is a thing now. It's something that even Google themselves have been using, and it's just making the brand Zoom bigger and bigger.
1: True, and especially because Zoom definitely did introduce a lot of new security features and privacy improvements over the past month um, since they did promise the public with a Mm 90-day security uh, promise or privacy promise where they're basically going to work on advancing uh, their privacy restrictions to make sure that no one gets or becomes a victim of Zoom Mm -hmm. bombing. Let us know what is your favorite video chat platform that you have been using to connect with your family and loved ones over the past few months. Is it Zoom? Is it Microsoft Teams? Is it 2Talk?
2: We haven't heard about two, uh, two 2Talk in a while.
1: Yeah, I agree. But it, I feel like 2Talk uh, has definitely faced a lot of issues over the past few months it, as well.
2: It has faced, but uh, I mean, uh, it's 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 th- the hype has went down True. by a lot. I mean, 2Talk used to be the talk of our show as well. <laughs> but um, I mean, Zoo- I, I personally believe that Zoom will hold that position for a while as mm. the top. As a lot of government in the U.S., around the world, everyone is using Zoom. Government entities are using Zoom. Actually, to connect with one another.
1: Actually, a lot of them have actually stopped using Zoom. Uh, They've that, gone but, for Microsoft Teams because they felt like it's safer.
2: But but uh, but I've been seeing in the U.S. Omnia. Now yeah. schools are going to reopen in the U.S. Yeah. And ironically enough, uh, in, in the U.S. Uh, the the board, the school board, actually had a meeting through Zoom. Oh God. And and so what?
1: After New York Banned Zoom but, in their schools. But
2: what's funny? Not yeah. not not the schools. The mm, the, the boards. The boards. Yeah. But you know what's funny, Omnia? What? and And feel ironic. So so to me, the U.S. is 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 a, is a game show right now. Mm. Right? So they have an they they have a meeting Mm. through Zoom because it's unsafe to meet. What is the meeting about?
1: To reopen schools. Oh god.
2: So they're going to send thousands of students back to school. But they know it's not safe, so they're going to have a Zoom meeting to talk about it. <laughs> what well, I mean, the U.S. is uh, is, is a fun, is a funny country.
1: The controversy is definitely ongoing. But coming up on Future Talk, we're gonna have we're gonna be having a very interesting conversation all about the Hope Probe Mars mission. It is an event that we are all very excited about, and yeah. we're all on the edge of our seats. And it's
2: it's been delayed. A- Quite a bit But you know what the saying says Exactly
1: There is good in every delay But speaking to us will be the advisor To the Director General On strategic projects At the UAE Space Agency Mr. Talal Al-Qaisi If you have any questions Make sure you send them in At 4215 Do it salat Or slide into our DMs At Pulse95 Radio Keep Pulse95 locked We'll be right back
0: You're listening to Pulse95
1: Pulse95 Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnia saleh Sole and Hany Balkis on Pulse
2: 95. Future Talk.
1: Although humans have yet to step foot on Mars, the road to the red planet has never been busier. The UAE is very close to achieving yet another historic feat as it prepares to launch its Hope spacecraft for a mission to Mars next week, sometime between July 20th and July 22. And this is going to be the Arab world's First interplanetary mission that has been developed by a team of 200 Emirati engineers. Mm -hmm. They have worked for millions and millions of hours, about 5.5 million hours, to to build the very first weather satellite to orbit Mars. And joining us today is the advisor to the Director General on Strategic Projects at the UAE Space Agency, Mr. Talal Al-Qaisi. Mr. Talal, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: My pleasure. Thank you, Omnia.
2: Welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the show. I mean, talking about the whole probe is something that, I mean, it, it seems surreal to us, but now hopefully it will come to reality.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it's a mixture of different nerves I don't think I've ever felt before. And I, and this is me, someone who really had the bare minimum to do with actually building the spacecraft. I, I, I work in um, the non-engineering part of the Space mm. Agency, to be honest. So I can't imagine what my colleagues that are engineers at both the Mohammed bin Space Center and the UAE Space Agency the types of emotions they're going through, seeing that thing, uh, sitting on top of a rocket, waiting yeah. for the weather to get better so that it can launch.
2: As, as, as someone who has nothing to do, I literally have nothing to do to do with it. I was actually, I woke up this morning and I was excited because I initially thought that today, tonight was, was the launch at Friday, basically after 12 a.m., so which is Friday, was the launch. But again, I, I remembered that it was uh, July 20th to the 22nd, around that time.
0: Yeah, so uh, this morning, you know, we did another check and had uh, a meeting um, in Tangishima with the uh, launch provider Mitsubishi Heavy and the Hamilton Russia Space Center and the UAE Space Agency. And, um, you know, the upper winds and the weather in Japan hasn't been great mm-hmm. uh, in these uh, last few days. So um, it looks like the next, uh, you know, optimal window is going to take place sometime between the 20th and 22nd, as you mentioned. So uh, we're hoping to have a definitive date and time uh, soon.
1: We're definitely very excited. I feel like the whole world is excited for the launch of the Hope probe, not just the UAE and not just the Middle East. But can you share with us where the probe is right now and walk us through the preparations that are currently taking place ahead of the launch?
0: Yeah, so the, the probe's at the launch site, obviously, and and it goes through um, a, a, a variety of different system checks uh, every once in a while to ensure that things are still in optimal working condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly if it uh, ends up going to the pad, there, there there's going to be some, like a sequence pre-launch that uh, ensures that everything is working as it should, um, and then uh, obviously the the uh, launch vehicle gets loaded with the appropriate fuel and then it launches. So. You know, I think right now it's a matter of our our team is all there, everyone's prepared, everyone's ready, and everyone was also expecting that there might be something like this that happens. This is completely not unexpected in the space world. Um, I think weather, it's great that it's a weather issue, not a technical issue with Mm -hmm. the launch vehicle, like in some other cases when delays take place. And the other good thing is, you have to remember I mean we are at the very beginning of the launch window and we had targeted the very beginning because of how amazing our team was in in, in uh, completing things uh, ahead of schedule and even through a pandemic being able to logistically overcome the challenges that that presented and brought the, uh, getting it to the launch at the time with a team of Emiratis that were there from I think uh, April and so so we have the luxury of a whole launch window to um, to, to to take our time and ensure it's done right because you want to ensure that you, you take no unnecessary risks in this type of a situation.
2: So, so I have a question going back to the launch pad. So the rocket is put every time you guys want to put a check back on the launch pad and then you guys remove it from the launch pad?
0: Yeah, I mean, not every single time because it just depends on how long before yeah. uh, the weather um, uh, update comes in, right? So you could have it on the launch pad and then the weather ends up not being as favorable as it should be and then you have to take it back off or uh, you f- figure out that the weather is not going to be optimal way in advance and you just never put it on the, on the launch pad in the first place, mm-hmm. right? So, so it just depends on the situation.
1: Absolutely. And let's talk a little bit about the journey of the probe, because uh, from what I heard, that once the whole probe actually enters the, uh, the Martian orbit, the whole operation is actually going to be completely 100% autonomous. So can you walk us through the journey of the probe the minute it launches uh, from the Ta- Tanagashima island uh, up until it reaches Mars?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the, the probe is uh, obviously it's gonna it's gonna launch, and then um, hopefully a few minutes later it'll reach uh, orbit, and then once it's in orbit, it's going to um, deploy its solar panels, um, try to you know get to the right orientation to be able to capture the energy from the sunlight and power the systems. And then at uh, some point, about an hour or so after launch, we should receive the first signal at the ground station at the hamdab Space Center. Mm. And uh, after that point, you know, that would be a great milestone in the uh, mission um, uh, post-launch mm. that shows us that the spacecraft is healthy and in its correct orbit. And then over the, few, the next few days, it will uh, correct its orbit to a point where it would then be able to do the trans-Martian uh, uh, injection, basically, to go into a cruise for about a seven-month period. Um, I mean, it's going to travel for quite some time, right?
1: Uh, Absolutely. Up until
0: February of 2021 is when we anticipate it will arrive in the Martian orbit. And then it's going to go through, um, uh, you know, moving from the capture orbit in Mars to the science orbit about a month or two later, I think. And then mm. um, start its science mission and operations for the following three years.
2: Do you, do you guys plan on bringing the probe back or mm. is it going to stay in, in, on, on Mars?
0: No, in this case, it's going to stay there. It's going to stay around Mars orbiting and uh, hopefully we'll have, um, you know, the main uh, science operations uh, and some extended uh, mission time uh, beyond that.
2: Maybe we can go and retrieve it later.
1: (laughs) I feel like, uh, is it coming back though? And when should we expect it to be back to Earth?
0: No, it won't come back to it. Right. So it'll, it'll continue mm. to be orbiting Mars. Yeah. Okay. And continue a science mission for the duration and the lifetime of the uh, spacecraft. The, so uh, at some point in the very distant future, hopefully mm. not too soon, it'll uh, <laughs> run out of its fuel and, uh, and its ability to send back information. But mm. I think it's going to be Hopefully longer than, um, uh, you know, the, the uh, mission objective has stated today, which mm-hmm. is a three-year science operation. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, apart from our Earth, Mars is typically considered the most explored planet in our solar system. So a lot of people might be wondering, why is it that Mars we're planning to study and how similar is it to the atmosphere on planet Earth?
0: Yeah, you know, I I think it's important to note that, um, you know, with with Mars, it's in what they call the Goldilocks zone, like Earth, which Mm. means basically that liquid water can exist. Mm -hmm. And the way way we know life persists is because of the ability for liquid water to persist. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that Mars, once upon a time, ancient Mars, if you look at pictures of ancient Mars, it, it, it looked very much similar to Earth. It's just a little bit smaller in terms of its mass. But... But it had liquid uh, water. It had oceans, it had rivers, and you can tell from that, uh, from the geology, there that that's the, the the situation. And something happened. So we're trying to study and understand what happened to be able to um, apply that knowledge to what we know here mm-hmm. on Earth in terms of how we're inducing an impact to climate. So potentially, what we should uh, do differently with respect to trying to mitigate climate change uh, that could induce a similar fate. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting knowledge. But then also, you know. Uh, if, if humans were ever to settle any other place in the solar system, Mars is the most opportune because of the fact that it can uh, have liquid water, and it did once upon a time. So you look at ways that uh, what we understand from here can lead us in that path.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, we're definitely going to be coming back to learn more about the significance of the mission's name and the aim behind this mission, uh, whether it was on an outer space or even right here on Earth, because it's definitely going to have a huge impact on all the Emirati youth and the Arab world in general. And the
2: world in general. I mean, uh, going to Mars is something that you wouldn't expect. 20 years ago So Absolutely. I mean we're, exi- we're excited to see what, uh, the, what the mission Has in store for us
1: If you have any questions For Mr. Talal Al-Qaisi Make sure you send us Send them in At 4215 door Salat Or slide into our DMs At Pulse95 Radio Keep Pulse95 locked We'll be right back
0: This is Pulse95
1: 10
2: 9 8
1: 7 6, 5, 4, 3,
2: 2, 1, and we're off for liftoff.
1: We are literally off for liftoff. And the reason why uh, we are actually playing the countdown in Arabic is because this is the first time the countdown to Mars is actually going to be done in Arabic. Can you imagine?
2: That's crazy. I mean, uh, I, I, it's amazing. And thinking about it, I mean, it, it kind of gives me a little bit of chills and goosebumps when that time comes to watch it live and you're hearing ashra <laughs> tis'a <laughs> seven, six, five, and Then off to lift up
1: We've heard it in English, we've heard it in Russian But never have we heard it done in Arabic And this is because this is going to be the Arab world's first interplanetary mission uh, That has been developed by a team of 200 Emirati engineers mm-hmm. They have worked amidst uh, the coronavirus pandemic When all of they us were on and lockdown
2: Yeah, they've worked and they've tried their best But unfortunately, there has been a couple of delays But Mm -hmm. hopefully, within next week, we will see uh, the Hope probe go into into space. And to tell us more about it, we have uh, Mr. Talal Al-Qaisi, who is the Advisor to the Director General on Strategic Projects at the UAE Space Agency.
1: Absolutely. If you have any questions for Mr. Talal, make sure you send them in at 4215 door TISALAT or slide into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Mr. Talal, it's such an honor to have you uh, with us on the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Amir.
1: Uh, we all are definitely excited about the name of the mission. So the name of the mission is hope. It's called the Hope probe and a lot of us uh, have definitely questioned the reason behind the naming of the, of the probe. So can you tell us a little bit about the significance of it?
0: Yeah I mean it's very significant. Obviously um, what we're trying to do is inspire hope in, uh, especially regionally here I mm. think um, and at a time like this in, in particular I think it's not just regionally globally we mm. all can use a little bit more hope with uh, everything that the world's going through Mm-hmm. But um, if you if you think about it, it, um, it, it's a matter of trying to have a positive spillover effect and a positive narrative emanate from this part of the world, which is not really what we've seen happen traditionally. And so I think um, part of what we're trying to do is uh, ensure that there's an outlet for um, the youth that are interested in STEM education and don't think that they can particularly pursue anything uh, career-wise in it. We want to give them a, an option, and I think this is... Um, something that we are hoping resonates well across the region, not just in the UAE. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, A lot of us are wondering about the aim behind this mission. So as we all know, there are definitely scientific aims and objectives behind uh, going to Mars with the Hope Probe, as well as a bigger picture Mm. and a governmental objective behind it. So can you tell us a little bit about both and what type of studies will be conducted uh, for us to learn more about the Martian atmosphere?
0: Yeah, sure. I think it, it, it's um, probably prudent to take a step back and also maybe give a, a quick scene setter as to how it came about. And when. in the time that this was announced, when the UAE Space Agency was established in 2014 and this mission was announced at that time, mm-hmm. um, there was really, I mean, typically how these things work with big missions uh, for for um, uh, deep space, you, you start by forming and defining the science questions that need to be answered and then looking at uh, how you would figure out the benefits to society to justify the costs. In this case, I think that traditional logic was quite, quite inverted to, mm. uh, with the main objective being to fundamentally redirect the nation's trajectory. Mm. Uh, so this is kind of a mission for national development before it's a mission for science. Mm. And um, what's also amazing to note is the fact that it, you know this mission's journey up until the launch date rather than just from launch date until it uh, completes its science objectives. Mm-hmm. The, you know, when we started, there was no previous domestic space exploration experience or planetary science capacity or even the requisite infrastructure required for something like this was not, non-existent. Mm-hmm. And, and the deadline that we were tasked with was approximately half of the time used by other comparable missions.
1: Oh, wow. Um, so, mm-hmm. so it's
0: amazing to see how it, it um, uh, mm. was able to meet all the objectives uh, of the government, which were more to find um, uh, ways to inspire STEM education, and, uh, you know, train UAE in- engineers and build human capital. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, the main objective. And you can say, by all intents and purposes, it's mission accomplished by virtue of it being on the, sp- on the launch pad. Now, Absolutely. So, I mean,
1: before it even launches, it's, it's been an accomplishment. Yeah.
2: Now, now we, we are going to Mars to learn about Mars. But what can we learn from Earth, more about Earth, from our mission to Mars?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think um, it's important to note that um, because of the similarities in composition, uh, yeah. especially his, uh, ancient Mars and how Earth is, it's, it's, um, it's going to be a, a matter of trying to understand better what, how, why Mars is losing its upper atmosphere mm. in particular. And this, this probe is going to be the first one that, can, that kind of draws a complete and comprehensive picture of the Martian climate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and why it's losing its uh, atmosphere to space. It it'll it's going to try to uh, track the behavior and the escape of hydrogen and oxygen, and then also try to investigate the correlation between the lower and the upper levels of the Martian atmosphere. So this is really the first truly global picture of uh, of the atmosphere between days and seasons. This is not something that any other mission prior to it has done in the past. So it'll add a lot of knowledge uh, to observe the weather as well and dust storms and other things. Um, uh, with respect to uh, its objectives
1: absolutely and especially because all the information that's going to be collected by the hope probe will be open for researchers to use free of cost so it's definitely a great accomplishment to add to the uae's history as well Uh, going back to uh, the studies that are going to be conducted on the surface of mars there are three major studies could you please tell us more about them
0: yeah. So, so nothing's going to happen on the surface. I mean, we might image the surface, but this is all going to happen in an exactly. orbit. And mm. so, the interesting thing here, uh, since it's not a lander, it's an orbiter. I think what we're what we're looking at is. Um, uh, first of all, it's going to have this very unique innovative orbit trajectory that no other mission has ever used, which is going to allow it for, to have this kind of X-shaped orbit, mm-hmm. which will allow the spacecraft with its sensors, the three sensors that you mentioned, to pass through the upper and the mid and the lower atmospheres. And what's, what are those sensors and what are they going to give us? So you, first you have a, 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 the Emirates Exploration Imager, which is like a camera that will capture like high-resolution images of Mars and uh, measure water, ice, and the ozone and lower atmosphere through the UV bands. The second is an infrared spectrometer, and this is going to measure the global distribution of dust, clouds, um, uh, water vapor in the Martian lower atmosphere. And then the third is the ultraviolet spectrometer, which is going to measure oxygen, carbon monoxide, and and this is mostly in the thermosphere and the variability of hydrogen and oxygen in the upper atmosphere. So Mm -hmm. these are the questions that we're hoping to answer.
1: Hopefully. There, we're definitely going to be getting a lot of answers about the surface of Mars and the surface of Air- Earth. Coming up on Future Talk, we're going to be telling you all about the UAE's plan to build a habitable settlement on Mars by 2117, and how will the Hope Probe Mars mission actually contribute to that, as well as the bigger picture of the space race that is happening right now all around the world and Mm -hmm. how the uae will be putting its mark on that space race as well so make sure you stay tuned right here on future talk lots and lots is coming up so keep pulse 95 locked and we'll be right back
2: pulse 95 10 9 9, 8
1: 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 This is the moment that we are all waiting for right here in the UAE. There has been some delays for the UAE Hope Probe Mars mission, but this is this only means that we have more time to be excited yes. for it. Next week, July 20th, any day between the July 20th hopefully. and July 22, hopefully. It is called the Hope Probe, so yes. it's, we're having a lot of hope for it. Um, we will be witnessing one of the biggest events in history Especially coming from the UAE And it's honestly a celebration for the Arab world as mm. well It's the first interplanetary mission That has been developed by a team of Emirati engineers Right here in the UAE
2: Yes, now there has been some delays But the, you know what the saying says khaira, khaira. So uh, it, it's every time something is delayed It might be for a good cause And uh, we're going to be talking about What what. Does Mars hold for us?
1: Absolutely. So joining us today is the advisor to the Director General on Strategic Projects at the UAE Space Agency, Mr. Talal Al-Qaisi, who will be joining us today to tell us a little bit more about the UAE's future plans when it comes to hopefully, maybe, making it our second home. Welcome to the show once again, Talal.
0: Thank you, Amelia. Thank you.
1: A lot of us are definitely excited about this question because even though I love planet Earth, it's always good to feel like there is a second option or a backup plan. So the UAE has plans to build a habitable settlement on Mars by the year 2117. So in your opinion, will the Hope Probe Mars mission contribute to that and in what ways will it do that?
0: Absolutely. I think uh, it's important to note that this 100-year plan and vision by the UAE is, um, is one to help us uh, uh, you know, to make a generational shift in the mindset towards STEM education and hopefully have projects that are incremental in the lead-up to that that bring us closer to that date or bring mm-hmm. that date closer to us. And I think the, the whole probe, uh, even our human space Flight pro- program, Uh, and other other missions that we have, everything is going to give us some more knowledge that would allow us to bring that vision into uh, realization uh, eventually. So hopefully what we learn about the climate uh, on Mars and and, uh, the properties of the uh, atmosphere is going to help for that eventuality.
1: Mm -hmm. And there are definitely bigger plans for this mission apart from just on, or in space, in outer space, uh, a lot of us are hopeful that the Hope Probe will actually inspire more or less of an investment ecosystem that's economically sustainable. Uh, can you tell us more about that?
0: Yeah, actually, that's a, 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 an area that I work very closely on at the UAE Space Agency. We, we, we're we're con- constantly trying to find ways to engage with uh, not just our space stakeholders in the country like Yasas and Torreya and others but but actually the adjacent industries so if you think of for example the energy industry or municipalities many technologies that we use today that would be useful and help optimize the efficiency of many of those sectors are enabled by space-based assets and uh, technologies, whether they be satellites or GPS or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And then uh, if you think even further down the line with things like, for example, the Mars 2117 uh, settlement, there's no way that you can have a settlement that have to take everything you need with you from Earth. Uh, Mm -hmm. You have to have some sort of a self-sustaining habitable settlement, which means that you're going to need to be able to um, work off the land that's there and, and mine things. So. You can look at the parallels and synergies that some adjacent industries like energy and mining on earth, especially the ones that we excel in, can have in, in helping realize that objective and mm-hmm. find ways to optimize R&D between the two to, um, to, to even better terrestrial applications that, uh, that use those technologies. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, now, this question has been thrown around a lot over the past couple of years, but why Mars and not the moon?
0: Yeah, I mean, Mars, because of the properties, as I mm. mentioned, that make it uh, good for potential settlement and mm. habitability. The moon uh, the, lacks an atmosphere and then also um, isn't as conducive to life. Mm-hmm. Although, I, I would say that there may be a chance that the moon becomes a critical, uh, on the critical path to Mars. Mm-hmm. Because what you can do on the moon, it, it's a lot closer. It's only a three-day trip. It's, it's easy. You can at least see it from here. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and so if you have emergencies and stuff, if you want, and it's cheaper to probably do things on the moon. So if you want to use it as a way to retire risk and test technologies and demonstrate things before doing them on Mars, it might be a good place. And then there's also water ice on the Moon as well. It's mm-hmm. not just ice on Mars that can be converted into hydrogen and oxygen to make rocket propellant, but on the Moon, they, they they say that there are large large deposits in permanently shadowed craters of water that can be mined. So it's um it's one of the one of the steps that many countries are gravitating towards in that uh, ultimate objective of uh, going. Forward.
1: Absolutely. I feel like the, uh, the opportunities and the possibilities are endless. But let's talk a little bit about the global picture of the space sector. You know, it started out with, especially right here in the UAE, with the journey of Hazza al-Mansouri back in September of 2019. And now we are celebrating, hopefully, the Hope Probe Mars mission. And they, these two are not just a one-time success that we get to celebrate. I feel like these are more or less developing an industry of space exploration in the UAE. So how do you see this going forward? What do you envision for this future of space exploration right here in the UAE
0: yeah I think that's that's correct absolutely I think I mean Hazza's mission was uh, not uh, a one-off tourist type of mission it was a, it's, it's the beginning of a sustainable human spaceflight program you can see through the applications that we had 4,000 at that time uh, and now 4,000 a new application uh, with 34% of women, which is something we're extremely proud of as well, mm-hmm. that that we are really serious about continuing the experiments that he had. He had about 16 experiments and then maybe lengthening the duration. So that's one. And living on another planet, you're going to have to live in space and try different things and have these experiments. So that's one aspect. Uh, on, on, in terms of the future missions that the uh, agency and other centers, space centers in the country would have, there will definitely be a lot of future missions in the lead up to Mars 2170. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about the industry we're trying to develop and the ecosystem we're trying to develop, I think the enabling effect that the UAE Space Agency has through its regulatory and policy uh, setup uh, allows uh, allows for incentives so that we can have industries and uh, companies come from other places as well as organic ones get started with entrepreneurs here to feed into that ecosystem.
1: Mm -hmm. A lot of people are definitely excited on where can they watch the live launch. Mm. So if, if they don't get a chance to head to the space agency or the Hamad Badashid Space Center, where can they watch it from the comfort of their own home?
0: Yeah, the, we, we have it on the website. Uh, if you go to the um, either the uh, Emirates Mars Mission website, there's a live link, or on the UAE Space Agency or the Space Center website, you'll find um, the live link, and there's a countdown clock, typically when you have a definitive time. So we're waiting Is it
2: in Arabic or in time. English?
0: <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs>
2: So ho- hope- hopefully soon by next week, we will see um, the Mars mission, uh, the, Mar- the Hope Probe go into orbit to Mars. And we're very excited and hopefully soon we'll have something new to talk about and we'll know what kind of discoveries the Hope Probe has made of Mars.
0: Correct. Yeah, I think that's extremely important. That's what that's what it's that's all the about. goal.
1: Uh, Mr. Talal any last words for anyone tuning in right now Who may be interested in learning more about space And maybe getting into the industry What can they do What is one to two things that they can work on from today So that maybe one day they will be the next Hazan Mansouri Who knows
0: Yeah, you know, an astronaut doesn't necessarily have to be someone with a background in science or engineering. This is the message I try to leave a lot of people with. First of all, it's important that if you're passionate about space, that you look at space as a whole industry, as a sector, rather than just the science and engineering part, which means you need lawyers, you need engineers, you need... um, Doctors, you need uh, people from, uh, it's multidisciplinary. So mm. don't think that you have to be a STEM education graduate to be able to be in the space. I'm living proof of that. <laughs> um, but but in terms of what's to come next, there's a lot of excitement about commercial space. You see what's happening w- in the U.S. with companies like SpaceX and Blue Origin and in Starlink, Europe and yeah.
2: Company.
0: So it's, it's incredible to see that um, uh, we're living at a time where I think the convergence of lower cost of access to space through reusability and then the miniaturization of space technologies like the spacecraft satellites itself or the sensors are creating an enabler for new business models that can be built on top of those uh, platforms and uh, become really commercial and really viable economically so it's not anymore the game of governments with large spending but but really uh, any company can take advantage of it of what space has to offer and how it can optimize their, their particular use case and business.
1: Space. Absolutely. What an exciting time for us to live in. The countdown is starting, and the countdown is also marking the end of future talk. Thank you so much, Mr. Talal, for joining Thank us today. Thank you for today. your
2: time. It, w- it was very interesting talk. I mean, hopefully soon we'll have you back on the show to talk about all the discoveries we made on Mars.
0: It will be my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Thank you so much for everyone for tuning in today, whether you were tuning in from our YouTube channel, Pulse95Radio.com or SBA app. Future talk is coming to an end, but our shows on Pulse95 will keep you entertained throughout the day. So keep Pulse95 locked, and we'll see you next time.
0: This is Pulse95.
2: Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.